You're listening to the Handmade CEO Podcast. My name is Maria Lauren, small business owner and creative entrepreneur. Each week, we'll discover the steps and motivation that inspire our guests to create income from their skills. Get ready to start learning how to creatively pursue your dream job by crafting it yourself. Thank you for tuning in to episode 51. If you've ever felt the overwhelm of launching a new course or marketing yourself on Instagram, Daya is here to break it down for you so it's no longer complicated. Today's episode is not only full of great tips, it also provides practical steps that you can take to step up your social media game. Hi, Daya. Thank you so much for joining us today. Yes. Hi, Maria. Thank you so much for having me. So could you tell us about your background on social media and how you find yourself starting a business there? Yes. So I have been doing social media marketing now for six years. I actually attended Augusta State University. I was a marketing major there. I fell in love literally with marketing at 15 years old. I was actually a social media marketing specialist for a local hair salon in Augusta, Georgia. So I handled a lot of the social media platforms as far as doing content, creations, social media engagement. And again, I was new to the social media world. And honestly, during that time, social media was kind of still being built. So it was kind of new to everybody. So during this time process, I'm testing out different things, having fun, being creative, and just learning more about the social media game and strategies that were out there. Over the years throughout college, I had two marketing internships. One was for the real estate industry and one was actually for the tobacco industry. I got to really have a lot of fun with marketing, just learning different industries and being exposed to different things and just learning different things. Once I graduated college, I actually got an account management uh, job. It wasn't necessarily marketing related, but I still chose to step out on faith. I said, hey, I really love social media marketing, so why not start something on the side that I really love? So that's why I started my own business, Dia Marketing. It's been going great ever since. I mean, just being able to really network with so many different people in so many different industries and learning how to market those different industries and just being creative and extremely fun and just very determined with it as well. That's a little bit about my journey with social media marketing. It's been a long journey already since you started so young. (laughs) (laughs) And can you explain the idea? I was on your Instagram page and I love the idea that you mentioned that social media can be uncomplicated. That sounds so compelling to me because I find it to be the opposite. So it seems like you must have a little bit of a secret. Yes. So (laughs) I came up with that idea literally, I want to say like sometime this summer. This was before I even started my business. And I was just thinking to myself, I'm like, you know what? I'm noticing the more Facebook groups that I was part of, a lot of people were making it seem like, you know, my goodness, like, I don't know anything about social media or like, it's so many people who have like thousands of followers. Like there's no way that I can get up there, you know, and they're like expecting all these results overnight. So finally I said to myself, I said, you know what? Social media marketing does not even have to be hard. And the reason I came up with that is because, again, when I was in college, you know, that was my major. And because I started off so young doing social media marketing, I'm like, if I could start that at such even like a younger teenage age, I'm like, I know that I can teach people that it really doesn't have to be hard. And I think sometimes a lot of people think that, you know, you have to have a lot of money 
you have to, you know, look a certain way or present yourself a certain way. And ultimately, you know, you want to make sure like your content is polished, but at the same time, you don't have to have it all together to really succeed in the social media industry. And I even try to allow people to look at it in a perspective of even some celebrities who got found overnight time, you know, and a lot of them didn't just have it like that. You kind of got to use what you got to get to where you want to be. So I came up with the uncomplicated Instagram marketing and I'm like, hey, it doesn't have to be hard. You don't have to have it all together. Honestly, all you need to know is your niche, what it is that you're trying to sell to people. And honestly, just coming up with a fun and creative way to put it out there. And naturally, over time, people are going to start connecting you and your brand together. And that's what's going to build that trust and that loyalty. And it's just honestly as simple as that. It just takes patience and trust and knowing that, like, I got this, you know, I can do this. It doesn't have to be hard. So that's definitely, that's where that, (laughs) that's where that idea came from. So I'm hoping people will start practicing that for sure. (laughs) Yeah, that definitely sounds like something that's doable when you put it that way. And I did notice on one of your posts, you had mentioned something about not having to post every day. Mm -hmm. Exactly. So that's what I was thinking. It's more about consistency. But Mm -hmm. for whatever reason, I think you get mixed messages when you hear people say you got to post three times a day, one in the morning, one at the afternoon, one in the evening. And then all of a sudden, Mm -hmm. it feels like it's it just becomes overwhelming. You know, it's Maybe posting, the act of actually posting isn't as difficult as it is to come up with content that you want to put out there. So I feel like you've, you know, kind of taken a little bit of the stress away by saying that. Absolutely. And I I totally agree. You don't have to feel like you have to, as you said, posting like three, four times a day. Honestly, even if you post it one day a week, it really just comes down to knowing what it is that you're posting and, you know, being creative with it and making sure that you're clear with what you're posting. And it's fine if you are a person who wants to post five days a week or even seven days a week. It's just a matter of finding out what works for you, but also what works for your audience and really getting, you know, in the hang of what it is that they're looking for. And that will allow you to see, you know, okay, this is what I need to do when it comes to posting consistently. And I think the greatest part about that is that with so many mixed messages or with so many people saying that it has to be a more of a volume type Mm -hmm. thing where you're putting a lot of content out there, I think what you're saying really takes the the stress out of it. You know, if you if you commit to posting at least one time a week, I feel like it makes it doable whereas it feels overwhelming and almost mm-hmm. like just forget it. I'm not going to even post if I can't do it, you know, 18 times in one week. Absolutely. That's awesome. <laughs> so, well, along those lines with putting posts up, which planning tools do you recommend or what do you think is the best or most affordable way to plan out posts? So, I think a couple of the softwares that are really, really good and free, Planoly is amazing. There is another one called Hootsuite. Now, with Hootsuite, you do have to pay. Sometimes they'll give you like a certain amount to get on there for free, but it just kind of depends. A couple of other good content planning softwares will be like Asana, Trello. Those are really good more so for planning out the content. But if you want to schedule the content, you know, like I said, Hootsuite, Planoly is really good. It's a couple of different ones that are free out there that are good for posting. If you are a person that likes to schedule your posts, but definitely for planning wise, Asana, Slack, and Trello are 
awesome, awesome tools that I use on a daily that just really helps me to plan out my content and really see visually like, okay, this is what I'll be doing this week or even just for like planning ahead because I'm a, I like to plan ahead. So I'm sure a lot of people are like that. I like, they like to plan months in advance. So definitely using um, those softwares are very helpful. For example, Slack, I was picturing Slack to be more of a networking meeting group type platform. So you're saying you actually have the ability to visually see what posts you're going to put up, like what your grid's going to look like? So with Slack, it's more so like if you have a team. So if you do have like a team of like maybe three people, it's a good way just to kind of lay out like a calendar look of, you know, hey, this is what the posts are going to be for this week. So that's what that would more so be used for. Got it. Actual like content scheduling, you know, where you want to look at your grid, that would be more so for Planoly, Hootsuite. Another one, a good one would be Loomly. Loomly is awesome as well. So it just kind of depends on, you know, whichever one that you're looking for. Got it. Okay. That makes sense. I also noticed that you work with entrepreneurs with course launching. Can you tell me what those services look like? Yes. So with the course launching, tying that into the marketing space, basically the experience that I have, I'm doing with like a lot of the business coaches that I work with. I actually have access to their, whichever teaching platform that they use. So for example, I have one client, she uses Thinkific. So what I like to do, if she has a new course that she's launching, she'll send me over all of her videos. She'll specify to me, you know, which parts she wants to do or like which modules she kind of wants to break them down into. So I'm in charge of literally like uploading those videos for her and also building the landing pages for those course launches. The landing pages are an extremely, extremely huge, important part of course launches. Um, that will be the first thing, you know, obviously that people will go to before they actually purchase your course. So I'm in charge of creating those landing pages, making sure that, you know, they look very clean, very polished, very straight to the point. So that would actually be me creating the course. Now, as far as marketing that course launch and letting people know, you know, hey, I have this course, it's going to be launching on, you know, XYZ date. What I'll do, I'll have access to their social media pages, which normally is, you know, Instagram or Facebook. And what I'll do, I'll actually create, you know, cute little launch posts, you know, just letting them know, hey, this is what, you know, the benefits or the different perks that will be inside of this course launch. Click the link in my bio or DM me for just different ways that I do it. So that is how I implement those course launches for my clients. Oh, that sounds like you take all the work out of it. Oh, yeah. (laughs) That's awesome. I definitely do. That's great. But I love that you not only offer tips for social media for the DIY kind of person, but you also have the services for hire. So I bet that really opens up the door to those people who just don't have the bandwidth to go on social media more regularly. Mm -hmm. So it, it takes so much time to run a business. So to have a service like what you're providing is just a godsend. Oh, yes. <laughs> Absolutely. And, and, you know, because you said that, it just made me think of I had a client, actually a couple of clients, they came to me looking for one thing. But once they found out like, oh, you do this too, well, I need help with this. So it does, you know, essentially work out because I feel like every part of like marketing, like it'll kind of lead and connect to something else. So it's like essentially they end up needing that extra service too. So Right. You're smart to offer so many different services because it does, it does seem like one leads into the next. And if you're not well-versed in a, one thing in social media, you're probably not an expert in, in another. You know, you're 
probably really focused in business (laughs) and not the marketing part. So Mm -hmm. I love that. I think the hardest part for an entrepreneur is that when you're first starting out, you're the maker, the creator, you're the marketer, the photographer, you know, the content writer. So it almost seems like it's too much to also be the marketing expert because that feels to me like it's a full-time job. I mean, I'm I'm sure it's been done (laughs) and I'm sure there's, there are people out there that can do it, but I think everybody's circumstances are so different Mm -hmm. and everyone's background is so different that some people maybe are just more naturally prone to just be able to succeed in marketing and their business. But Mm -hmm. it just seems like you, as a small business owner, put too much time and effort into the marketing when you can just hire somebody that's going to do it right. Mm -hmm. And then you can focus on your business. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I mean, I totally agree. It can definitely be hectic because you're right. Social media marketing alone is a full-time job. And I can even say, I mean, I'm guilty of sometimes, I don't want to say neglecting my own, you know, social media marketing for my own business, but it can be tough sometimes because it's like, I have to make sure I'm providing for my clients. So it's like my own personal business kind of gets put on the back burner sometimes like, okay, you got to wait because I got other stuff I got to do. But yeah, definitely. It's all about balance finding the balance and just kind of learning how to balance my time is a crucial, crucial part of making sure I'm able to do what it is I have to do for my clients. Well, there was another question I had that kind of relates back to Instagram in particular. What are the rules when it comes to adding images to your feed that are not your own? So in other words, if you have like a maybe, you know, a real big passion for fashion, Mm -hmm. is it still acceptable or okay to post a picture of maybe something you found on Pinterest as long as you're tagging the original creator? How do you get more content on your page if you really are struggling to fill those grids? So it's always okay to use others' photos. Normally, what I always recommend to people is you want to ask, you know, that original source if you're able to find them. Like, you know, hey, is it okay if I use your photo? Just because I feel like that's the proper thing to do. And you never want to take full credit like it's your picture because ultimately that's just not right. But I definitely absolutely think that it's okay to use you know, any photo that you would like. There's actually free stock photo websites. I've known one that's free called Pixels. And that's an amazing free stock photo site because I know sometimes when you are new to the social media game, you don't always have you know, all the images that you might need for your business. So like you said, if you are in fashion and, you know, you're wanting to kind of start your own clothing boutique, if you need some fashion inspiration, it's totally okay. You know, if you want to go to Pinterest or maybe you have a favorite fashion blogger on Instagram, you could even maybe use some of their photos and even tag them in it. And that could even start a relationship with that person so that maybe when you do really start getting off the ground, you can use them as an ambassador for your brand. So I think that there's so many different ways that you can utilize other people's photos by building a relationship with them, but also being able to still use it to build your own brand as well. What would you say has been the biggest hurdle that you've had to get past to find your success? I want to pop in with a few new things that are happening. I'm officially launching the Handmade CEO Instagram account. I'll slowly start to populate the feed with past guests, quotes, and tips to help you on your small business journey. Make sure you visit the fresh new page at underscore handmade CEO. I just ordered a few things to give out as giveaways for anyone that leaves a review and sends a snapshot. It's been a lot of fun interviewing guests, reading your comments, and creating content that is helping you along your adventure. 
If you're not sure how to subscribe or review the podcast, just send me a message or check on the new Instagram page. I'll have a video that shows you how. The website is also getting a facelift soon. I look forward to sharing more printables, courses, and creating new categories so you can find exactly what you're looking for. Make sure to visit www.handmadeceo.com. I'll keep you posted on those changes. Now back to the show. I would definitely say my biggest hurdle would be taking that leap of faith, number one, just to even start this business. I know that the social media marketing had always been a passion, but I would definitely say like taking the leap of faith to really say, okay, this is what I want to like solely do. I want to make this official. I really want to be able to grow. I think during this time period that we're in as well was a huge hurdle. <laughs> like right. we through this global pandemic and it's like, there's no way I'm even going to be able to get clients. I mean, people are losing jobs left and right. So it definitely took a leap of faith and just that determination, which I can definitely say I'm blessed with having. I mean, my determination is out of this world. So took that leap of faith and I said, hey, why not like start it? You have a passion for it. You're good at it. So why not just go ahead and go after what you want? So that was definitely one of the biggest hurdles that I've ever had with my business. But I would also say since I've been in the business, a huge hurdle for me would definitely be fear of not getting any clients. And I think everyone has to get past that phase because even people who, I mean, went crazy successful overnight still have those fears of, okay, well, they bought today, but what if they don't ever buy again? You know, yes. and I've, I've had to definitely, I've struggled with that, but I've gotten to a place where I'm like, okay, at the end of the day, if somebody wants to buy from you, they will buy from you. Everybody is not going to love your product. And I always like to bring up the example, you know, you have Apple and you have Android, you know, you have people who love Apple and people who just love Android. You know, at the end of the day, people are just going to buy from you because they want to. So, you know, just making sure I had to accept that and just come to agreement with that and just trust the process and do what I have to do and allow people to just be attracted in whichever way they possibly can to buy my services. Well, I think you must find peace in having that mindset because it feels like you could always want to please everybody. But like you said, you're not going to be everybody's cup of tea. And I think yeah. that's totally okay. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. As far as say social media, like best social media practices, what would be your number one tip? I would say my number one tip, going back to my own practice, uncomplicated Instagram marketing, and I would even take the Instagram out of it, just practicing uncomplicated social media marketing, knowing your niche. That's the first thing. You got to know your audience before you try to put anything out there, really understanding them, understanding their demographics, understanding their buying behaviors. And then along with that, you know, making sure that you're able to build relationships with your customers I think people sometimes often are so quick to do robotic selling. And I'm a huge advocate of being against robotic selling. You know, I don't think that you should just reach out to people starting off with your offer. Get to know them, maybe compliment them. I was just on a team call the other day with one of my clients and I was teaching a few new business owners about this and how you want to make sure you establish a relationship first. Let people see your personal side 
before they see your business side. Just because I think we're humans at the end of the day, we all have issues, we all you know have our flaws. So I think when people are able to see that personal side of us, whether that's going to your favorite ice cream shop or whatever it might be, establishing that first with people will allow them to be more comfortable with knowing the business side of you. So I think that's another um, very important thing. So essentially just knowing your niche, building that client relationship, and also to being authentic. Oftentimes people, when they're new to the social media game, they try to be like their competitors or try to be like someone that they admire. And it's like, essentially, like I said, people are going to buy from you because of you. They're not buying from you and thinking about your competitor as well. (laughs) You know, it's like, if they're going to buy from you, it's going to be from you. So why not just be authentic with your selling? So practicing authentic selling versus robotic selling for sure. I feel like the, the hardest part and the thing that I've noticed with some of the people I've interviewed, some of the small business owners is that the ones that tend to struggle, I believe the most with social media are the ones that are maybe introverted or a little bit shy. And I know I definitely fall into that category. And it almost feels sometimes like you're sharing too much information. What advice would you have for a business owner trying to get past that discomfort of, am I sharing too much? I think definitely the shy or introverted small business owner has a more difficult time with sharing on social media. Yeah, absolutely. And I've I've worked with clients like this before. My best advice, you know, if you are more shy or introverted is to pick out three main key things about your product or your service that will really, really sell people on like, wow, like I have got to know about this and work those three things. I think a lot of times the business owners that are more like extroverted, kind of similar to myself, like I have ideas just kind of flowing or certain, a lot of things I just want to do. Like I got to talk about this this week, this, that week. I think when you're more so on the opposite end, just find those three things and just sell those three things, focus on those three things, come up with creative ways to sell those three things. That way you don't ever get into a position where it's like, okay, well, I've talked about this already this week. I need to find something new. You don't always have to have something new to talk about. (laughs) You know, Mm -hmm. you can definitely repurpose. That's one thing that even I'm learning. You can always repurpose the main things about your product and service. It's just finding different ways to repurpose it. So that would definitely be my advice. And even people who are shy to get in front of the camera, that's totally fine. You don't always have to be in front of the camera, making reels or doing, you know, Instagram TV. You want to eventually get to that point one day. But you don't ever have to feel like you have to be in front of the camera. There are a lot of different creative ways that you can come up with to sell your product without physically being in front of the camera. Got it. Mm-hmm. Well, it almost feels to me like for the you know person that is introverted, it would be a lot easier to hand over all of my pictures and say, okay, you post them for me. I think that would probably feel a lot easier than sweating every single time you're posting a, a picture or a clip or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, and typically, I mean, that's what I do for a couple of clients who are like that. They're like, I just need you just to do everything because I don't, I want to be out of it you just handle it and and that's totally fine because ultimately uh, ultimately again as long as 
what's being put out there is clear and your audience knows what you're talking about and what you're selling, then honestly, that's all that you really need. So perfect. Okay. So this last little part here, a couple more questions I have. So a lot of us started our social media accounts uh, well before we had our businesses and Mm -hmm. not just that, but it was new and fun. And I think a lot of us were trying crazy filters and a lot of fun stuff that, and then you fast forward a few years and people started curating their accounts. And all of a sudden, when you look back, it's like, oh, geez, I have a really messy looking account and other people have very nicely curated accounts. So what do you recommend for somebody that has a lot of unrelated items on their Instagram account? Do you think it's better for them to start fresh and follow their branding, their colors, their products, or maybe just make a gradual change towards that new branded approach? So I would definitely recommend starting over just because I think that when you have something that you know, like, okay, this is what I want to do. I think it's always good to have a aesthetically pleasing, you know, Instagram or Facebook, just because people are going to connect you to your brand and your brand goes all the way deep down into the colors that you're using. So if half of your Instagram is like old stuff, just all over the place, and then you got your new stuff, it's just like, okay, well, let's go ahead and get rid of all the old stuff that you have so we can completely rebrand and repurpose the content that you're wanting to put out. So yeah, absolutely. I think that it's best to just start fresh. Okay. Mm -hmm. And do you think it's a matter of creating a brand new account and trying to gather another following or just go back and delete just whatever seems out of place? So typically what I always recommend is starting with what you have only because if you already have a following, I mean, that's always a good thing because you already have people that you kind of know and you can connect to. So it's really just a matter of you just switching over your Instagram handle name to, you know, whatever you'd like it to be. Or if you want to start fresh and start a completely new page or account, people just have to know like it's going to take time to rebuild where you once were. So it really kind of all depends on what it is that you feel more comfortable with. But either or will be fine. Just know starting new will take a little time to build up. So Yeah. I had um, actually read this one. I can't remember who it was that said it, to be honest. But she mentioned how she started a brand new Instagram page for her business, but she didn't invite all of her friends and uncles and relatives and cousins and whatever because she just assumed, I'm going to let the people that truly are into my product find me. And it seems like the engagement would be so much higher when you have people that are organically interested in your product, as opposed to friends and family who maybe could care less about what you're doing or selling. And doesn't that tend to affect the algorithm also if your followers are true fans, as opposed to just having a big number of followers that don't really interact with your content? Yes, absolutely. And I can even share an example for me personally. I have my own personal Instagram page, then I have my marketing Instagram page. And I'm so grateful that I started a brand new one because you're so right. When you have just like your friends and family, that kind of tends to be the only pool that you're getting from that 
Instagram page versus if you start completely fresh and you're not following all of them and you're starting new with new followers and like a new audience, it does help the algorithm, you know, kind of see, okay, like she's started new. So let's pull from newer people. Let's start pulling from the target audience that she's trying to reach. So yes, absolutely. I agree. Awesome. Great. Well, can you tell us a little bit about the services that you offer? Yes. So the number one thing that I specialize in is the social media management. I actually offer two services under that, and that is audience engagement, where I simply interact with your target audience. So that's liking, commenting, following. I have a hashtag strategy um, that I practice where I actually go into like your niche hashtags. I find people who use those hashtags, start interacting with them. What that does is over time, it'll start pre-populating your feed into their followers' feeds. And that kind of goes back into like the algorithm. And that honestly is how the algorithm works. So Mm -hmm. that's one of the services that I offer under social media. And then I also do content creations. So I take care of the content designs. I create those, you know, I'll sit down with the clients, see what it is that they want to, you know, create for the month. And then I take care of all of the designing. And then I also take care of the actual descriptions for those posts. And then I also do the hashtags as well. So that's for my social media management services. I also develop landing pages in sales funnels and I also do website designing. So um, in a nutshell, yeah, those are all of the services that I offer. Okay. I would say those are probably the ones that most small business owners struggle with apart Mm -hmm. from the numbers. I know that the (laughs) accounting can also be another bear to deal with, but I love that you handle so much of the difficult part of it. Oh, yes. And where can we find you? So you can visit my website. It's diamarketing.com and it's D-Y-I-A-H and then marketing.com. That's my website. All of my social media handles on Instagram and Facebook are also diamarketing. On my website, I have a link to my actual online portfolio. So you're able to see All of the clients that I work with, well, most of them, just like, you know, a little bit of my work examples, you can connect with me, my email, all of my information is on all of that. So perfect. Well, thank you, Daya, for sharing all this information. I look forward to putting these tips into action. Awesome. Thank you so much for having me, Maria. Well, there you have it, my friend, another handmade CEO creating calm by sharing her passion with the world. I know a lot of us try to DIY all aspects of being a small business owner. Depending on what your craft is or what your home life looks like, you might be able to run your business and produce great content. But being a successful online seller of services or products will depend on how visible your brand is and how you reach your audience. If you calculate how much time you're investing or toiling over your posting or lack thereof, you might find that hiring a social media specialist is your best investment. I hope you'll take a minute to consider what your social reach goals are, and if you're able to hire a professional, I'm willing to bet that will be money well spent. Don't forget to visit the show notes for information on Daya's website and services. I'll see you next time. Thank you so much for listening to the Handmade CEO podcast. Don't forget to check the show notes to get a glimpse of today's featured guest and special offers. If you love the show, leave a review and share this episode with a friend. Thanks for tuning in. Now it's your turn to start handcrafting your dream job. 